0: they're also
1: playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's
0: chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life
2: no purchase necessary btw room void prohibited by law c terms and conditions
0: 18 plus this is my secret i don't mind what happens Mm. now because i work with a lot of high-end performers we do care but again, one of the distinctions I teach is I care more than anyone I know. I just don't worry. Now think about that.
3: How, how could Mike change more? How can he go more Hollywood on us?
1: I, I, I picture him bleaching his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: Yes.
2: And also, I, just, I think I'm going to start getting some Botox. Dude. Ooh, I'm going to come yeah. in one day and I'm going to be 20. Yep. It's out of nowhere. You're like, how the fuck did that
1: happen? Welcome back to Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. It's a great show. We love doing it. Mm-hmm. We love that you love listening. Today, uh, Today's episode is going to be hella value-based. You will definitely leave listening to this episode a better person. So maybe get a notepad or be prepared to uh, go back and forth between YouTube and your notes. And and seriously, take notes. Uh, most of our episodes are pretty pretty fun. Um, and this one's definitely gonna be fun, but you're gonna learn a lot Like, the last episode we had uh, The Sexpert on No, wait, no, yes we, th- we did an episode with The Sexpert on, but it's coming out Next Monday <laughs> Do you
2: it? wanna tell him the deal that it's 8 in the morning right now? Like, maybe you should give him a preface
1: It's uh, actually 10.40 It's
3: the same but, fucking know, difference, amazing.
2: bro, let's be honest
1: It's the same shit Our brains <laughs> don't start working till like 11.30 Mine's, Mine's like
2: 1pm <laughs> <laughs> I can't do shit so it's, this gonna, time,
1: it's gonna be tricky Um But we got these sunglasses. There we go. That helps.
3: That that, definitely helps. Guys, these
1: are Jay Black. You know Jay Black. We love Jay Black. Jay Black was started (laughs) out of frustration of being unable to find any high quality fashionable frames at affordable prices because any good quality pair of polarized sunglasses normally cost over $150 because all the major brands are owned by one company. The more you know. Oof. These lenses are polarized and they even come with anti-reflective coating on the back of the lens to help prevent reflections. And they still only cost $49 and even less with your code impulsive Dash. 10 and they're doing a giveaway of 15 airpod pros the noise the noise canceling headphones from apple and everyone that orders a pair of sunglasses between december 7th and (laughs) december 22nd will automatically get one entry per pair of sunglasses they purchase meaning if you buy three pairs you get three entries Mm. so go to jadeblack.co and use the code impulsive 10 to get yourself 10 percent off your purses purchase and a chance to win one of 15 airpod pros by the way I
2: like these these style frames. Yeah, you they,
1: look like a, a U.S. president that just got off Air Force One.
2: Ooh. That's that's like what I feel. Or like a low key narcotics dealer. Ooh. Yeah, that as well.
3: Yeah. yeah, you look like you're pushing weight. No, or
2: a pilot. A, pi- a pilot. Ooh.
1: A pilot pushing weight. If I had these with a mustache, president. that's game over. You, I have a, I have a question. What do we got? Um, why, why do you could probably answer this because you got that girlfriend in all, Spencer. Why do girls? Yes pretty much 95% of the time leave their earrings next to your bed. This, this no, is I am. So I don't have like an answer. Your
2: fucking. This is so stunned, bro. bro. It's not, and it's also not just earrings. I know that's like the the most uh, prevalent one. But I, every time a girl leaves my room, I get like a new collection of jewelry to add to like a little jewelry thing I have.
3: I think there's two. There's two possibilities. Either a they forget, b they want to come back. Yeah,
2: it's the comeback strategy. What, you know,
1: a hey, I forgot my earrings. Can I come and get them? But there's no. There's no way. That either A, every girl, every girl forgets or B, every girl wants to come back. I know there's some girls that don't want (laughs) to (laughs) come. And yet, and yet they still like, yo, when I sleep over a girl's house before I leave in the morning, I do a thorough check. I'm going through her stuff to make sure my stuff isn't there.
2: Yeah.
1: There's no reason it would be, but I'm, I'm flipping over uh, (laughs) Mattresses. mattresses, couches, bro. I'm digging through drawers. Every time
3: Is it because maybe you don't have like feelings in your lobes? Like your earlobes, they're just they just don't oh, have that nerves. Could, that could be possible. Like so when you walk away and you're missing your Rolex, you feel it on your wrist. When oh. you walk away, you don't feel anything tugging on your lobe. You yeah, know what but he is
2: right though. When I it's like when you leave a hotel room, you you like just about to close the door and it's like open an inch and then you plow the thing back open, you're like, Final check. Yeah. And you go back through and you just look through the whole room. You're like, Did I get my charger? Did I forget my, my fucking and, contacts and, case and, and, or whatever? And by the way, I don't I don't necessarily mind it. It's just like a phenomenon I'm not sure
1: I understand. Mm-hmm. It's unprecedented. It, bro, <laughs> I, when I say 10 out of 10 times, like I mean 10 out of 10 times. If you saw Mike's one episode of The Night Shift, there's a drawer I have of just like things, jewelry I've collected over the years. It There's a pile of gold and silver this big.
2: Have you ever thought about like getting Ca- out of
0: praise? Catching Pawn, it? It. Pawn it? Yeah. yeah.
2: You could do that. You could pay rent for Some like real half wealth. a month, or out you could of that. just Venmo the girls back the money they lost on all that jewelry. That's true. Oh, it's an option. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say something to you,
1: probably on on the podcast just now, right now. What?
3: Oh, the it, fact that he's got a big big
1: time MTV show coming up. Yeah, so that's what we were talking about. Mike's uh, mm-hmm. Mike's got a, a a pilot that he's shooting. It's a. Can I say what it is? Ah, uh,
2: it's, it's it, for MTV. Yeah, it's a show. And it's an MTV show. I'm who's, shooting. Two- who's on it? The the brother, my brother, your brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna quite literally
1: leave this show, yeah, and then go shoot a different show, a real show, <laughs> with my brother Jake and his wife Tana and the and the pretty felon, the felon, the dude that got
2: arrested and wow. was really pretty, pretty so it became eyes. male model. What a squad! Yeah, it's a cool oh. squad. It's a it's a it's a pilot. I mean, if it gets picked up, it'll be dope. Um, but dude, like, congrats!
3: You know what? No, 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 no. I think I, mean, I think he's saying I mean, congrats for that you playing yeah, the game. Fast. You know what I'm saying? Um, just a young man yeah. from Milford, Connecticut, oh. just out here,
2: just well, I'd say I wouldn't call him a young man. <laughs> I call him a man. Okay, a man.
0: A man. <laughs> <laughs> I would say he's young, still at, young young at, right? at heart.
2: Yeah, man, it's weird, bro. Like I gotta, I gotta leave. They're like, oh, the car is gonna pick you up at eleven fifteen. I'm like, what car, dude? I did. I'll call my own Uber, and they're and then they're like, how long do you need for hair and makeup? I was like, I don't have either. Like I don't. How long do you think? I don't know. I don't need that much time for either. (laughs) Like five minutes. Yeah, it's so
1: funny hearing him tell me about Hollywood standard procedure because like I remember going through doing all this stuff and it's really cool to see him like in a weird way. I feel like dad. It's like younger brother. Like my son. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like wow. My my son's going off to school. Yeah. And he's like hair and makeup, bro. Like I've sat in hair and makeup for any hour. See, tips
3: for for young Mikey over here.
1: Uh, yeah, the one tip that we were kind of talking about yesterday <laughs> in the gym is, do not let the Hollywood environment make you make you stiff. Yeah, yeah like yeah, like yeah. stay loose, bro. Yeah, stay in your, and you'll you'll see. Being there with Jake will honestly help you because I told you this. Do not underestimate the power of the Disney machine. That kid was literally bred for two years, five days a week, to just be an entertaining acting machine mm-hmm. with energy and char- charisma. And so having him there will make you, uh, I think, sink into your skin a little more because. When you're like right now, there's there's six people, seven people behind these cameras, and I
2: know all of them. And one of them is a dog. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and and
1: in Hollywood, there's gonna be there's probably gonna be a crew of like fifteen to twenty people. I know no there's gonna be some dude. The lights there that's are gonna be brighter. Like,
2: there's gonna be some dude there that's like this. Well, there's there's also gonna be like another guy like, like executive sweaty, producer, sweaty pits holding, holding a, a boom, boom mic yeah. over my face, bro. And mm-hmm. by the way, this show is a whole level up too because there's a whole studio audience too of like fifty. <laughs> there's people. a studio audience? Yeah. Ooh. I know. Do you it's remember we be... had the studio audience
1: for the live episode, the hundredth episode here?
2: Yeah. yeah. You remember
1: how how much harder it was? It was
2: hard, bro. Yeah, it was a little, a lot I'll be honest, I'm a little I'm a little uh You've gotten that practice though. I think and I feel I...
3: like what you did at the uh at the fight, you know, you you were in front of millions of people online. True, like true, you true, delivered true, true. bro. Like that's that's <laughs> that you got true. it in you, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I heard you read all the
1: scripts as well. This morning he goes, (laughs) "Yeah, so when you got your scripts when you were doing Hollywood stuff, like you practiced like the day of, yeah." I was
2: like, "Mm, "No, I was like thoroughly prepared." (laughs) Um, That's the one thing I'm like worried about because like everything I do, because I'm so improv based, like everything on the show and even like the night shift too, like I just show up and blow up, like that's my calling card, and now they're like. Think about like what you want to say for this part. They, like, there's like a, there's like twenty pages. He read more of the script. I think him and Danny read more of the script than I have at this point. It's funny.
1: But uh, did you did you have a good hearty breakfast? Let's, let's... I
3: haven't eaten anything.
2: Well, here and I gotta...
1: have some magic spoon. Woo! There we go.
2: <laughs> magic
1: spoon, guys. Remember when breakfast cereal was your secret weapon for starting the day off right? Then you grew up and you realized it was full of sugar, excess carbs, and stuff that you shouldn't eat. This episode is sponsored by Magic Spoon, a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three grams of net carbs in each serving. I should have eaten this during my training camp, bro. I would have been yoked as shit. Yeah, you would have been a lot bigger. Magic Spoon offers four flavors of breakfast cereal based on the all-time classics, cocoa, cinnamon, frosted, and fruity, plus a variety pack that lets you try them all. If it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free, you've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. Go to magicspoon.com slash Logan to grab our variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code LOGAN at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked.
2: Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring us. is it. I, I really enjoy the animations on this there's yeah a, I was gonna one. say that too there's Always a the this one player. I got a wizard riding on a um a wizard riding on like a small floppy arm dog mm-hmm. with a spoon and then you had a person riding a monkey was that what that was yeah pink monkey with the blue lady but it's, it's great
1: putting the reel in cereal that's 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 cool wow I stand behind that I put the reel in full reel all
2: right nice okay okay I just need another hour bro Yeah, I'm, same, I, same. He, do I look like
1: I just woke up? I do, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. No problem. Well, you I had mean, the but...
2: hairstyling yesterday, so I think that's plowing you through on the... Yeah. On the side. Today's guest
1: <laughs> is known as the Mind Architect. He's a thought leader in human potential and performance, and he's here to help us become the absolute best versions of ourselves by breaking free of our own limiting habits. His clients include professional athletes, royalty, actors, and CEOs. Please welcome Peter Krohn.
0: All right. you so are you the house? How you doing, man? Doing awesome.
1: I say, la- say your last name right? Crone. Yeah. Crone. Okay, amazing. was think of a withered old woman. Okay, great. <laughs> Crone. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice, Mr. nice. Crone. So, um, <laughs> we met in an, in-, in an interesting way. Yes. Um, our videographer, Andre, behind that camera, who we, camera, yeah. who, we lo- who we love. We absolutely yeah. love Andre. Yep. Uh, invited me to a mastermind, mm. uh, uh, a dinner he had of, he said, the, the, what the most brilliant people you know. And... You were there, yes. and you started talking, and I was like, whoa, this guy is sharp. <laughs> this guy knows things. Uh-huh. This guy's going to make me a better person. Even though the conversation revolved around uh, building a batch for a long time. Hey, it
0: was <laughs> a very interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you were a great listener.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. And I, and I, and I want to listen today okay. um, because you have a lot to offer. So I guess the, the let's start with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and sure. about your story and what you do?
0: Absolutely. I mean, the mind architect, as you said, has sort of become an affectionate title. And it's really, I, I just had many titles thrown around for a while as a hitman for the ego, which was pretty popular, like a happiness guru. Mm-hmm. But I just really like the idea of reconstructing the way that people think about themselves. So that's mm-hmm. why the architecture thing came mm-hmm. about. And as you mentioned, just working with high-end performers who have a lot at stake, like similar to what you've just been going through or you've been through for many years, mm-hmm. just in how can we enhance the the environment in which we're going to perform so that we have a better chance of success. So it's really, to me, it all comes back down to what is the fundamental design of our brain, our mind, and how we perceive ourselves is what is the access to performance. If you think that you're somehow inadequate, obviously, you're not going to perform very well. If you have fear, if you have stress, if you have anxiety. So I've sort of managed to reverse engineer everything to see why do humans get stuck? Why do they get stopped? And it can go to the extremes of depression and, you know, some really tough things that everybody goes through, the challenges that we face. But if we can just transcend that, if we can recognize, okay, what is it that's holding me back in my career, in my relationship to do with my health? Um, that to me is, you know, that's a powerful thing to build access.
1: How, how do you reverse engineer the mind though? Like, how did, you, how did you learn? I guess I'm asking in a weird way, like, what, what are your credentials and how did you come to be where you are today?
0: Um... So the first part, reverse engineer, to me, it's like you look at symptoms, right? You go and see a doctor and you've got like strep throat or you've got something going on in your body. You're not quite sure where it comes from. Any doctor, hopefully, who's worth their salt will be able to recognize, okay, what's the underlying root cause, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in Western medicine, they actually don't really want to do that. They just want to prescribe medication Mm -hmm. because that's a business. They want to sell pills, right? Mm So with the mind, it's the same thing. If someone comes to me and they're having a relationship issue or they're struggling with something to do with performance in whatever arena, it could be sports, entertainment, just something to do with their business, then reverse engineer to me means like go back to what is it that is at the, the root cause of why you're dealing with anxiety? Why can't you speak to your boss about something? Why are you struggling? Why are you hiding? So that's what I mean by reverse engineer is to take you back to what is the root cause of somebody's suffering that is Im- impacting their behavior and their results. So that's, that's the reverse engineer part. Credentials, I mean, I studied an undergrad in human biology and exercise physiology. I started as a trainer many years ago. And then uh, I did a master's in IT And then I studied something called Ayurveda, which is the Indian healing modality, similar to Chinese medicine. Mm. So that has a very strong component about the mind and understanding how it influences our physiology, uh, what leads to disease. And I I love that word because to me, psychological dis-ease or the absence of ease is what eventually will manifest in your body and you get sick. Mm. Mm. So how often are you seeing results when you work with people? Um, I'd like to say every time. I mean, there's always going to be a result. And to what degree? You know, it's yeah. like, do I take an NBA All-Star who doubles his shooting averages? That's pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. Do I triple a PGA golfer's winnings? That's pretty significant. Yeah. Or do I just help somebody, you know, just recently one of my uh, MLB guys, He's he just recognized that he's been basically making his biological mum wrong for 30 years. And now- to what degree will that actually manifest when he gets back on the mound next mm. season? I don't know. But it's significant for him as a human being to go, holy shit, because he went through something that was tough when he was a kid, and ever since he's held that grudge. What he didn't realize is he's the one holding the poison, even though he's making her wrong. Mm. So is that a powerful, successful result? I'd say. I yeah. mean, that's that's huge. Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: The, the reason I ask is because a few people come to mind and one person in particular where like the problems that they have are so deep rooted mhm it it seems like it'd be tough to reverse engineer mm-hmm. a thought or feeling that might be truly like subconscious that she might not even be aware of
0: for sure i mean i'd say that's my actual area of expertise is mm. the blind spots right do, you, do you, can you share what it is and you know, it, I, it, no yeah i'll, I'll keep it brief give me an example oh, give me an example
1: this this person she's just got like uh mm.
0: <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, everyone in this
1: room knows who i'm talking about okay, but it's so like then- it's like it's like a pretty it's a pretty chronic depression and yeah. I, i've been um I, i've seen it and witnessed it firsthand yeah and it's it's scary yeah because yeah. there's nothing i can say or do to get them out of the rain
0: right Mm. No, I get it. And first of all, I see how much you care about this person, which is beautiful. And that's one of the containers to help. So depression is a... If you look at the energy and the emotion of depression, there's a heaviness, right? People aren't feeling motivated. They're not excited for their life. There's a lethargy, there's an apathy, and there's normally a resignation. So think about the energy of heaviness. Heaviness is usually a byproduct of holding on to something. I can remember one of my... uh, one of my uh, MLB guys, uh, we were playing the Dodgers actually. And he was, he'd was had some shitty shitty outings recently. And so he wasn't in the best place. Mm. He wasn't feeling super confident. So because I was accountable for the mindset of the team, I went up to him, I said, you know, what's, how you doing? And he said, I'm hanging in there. It's a very common human expression, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, but I yeah. said, that's interesting choice of words because if you're hanging in there, you're holding on to something. So the holding on to meant that he was actually not reconciling his history like the last time he went out and he gave up you know five runs or whatever it was so he he at that moment recognized that what was holding him back was that he was still associated with his history mm-hmm. right now so i said you remember the movie uh, men in black will smith they, they wave that wand and you forget that you saw these aliens mm-hmm. and whatever i said if i could get rid of your memory where's your fucking problem it's- yeah, yeah. Right. So, with this person you're talking about, depression is where we haven't reconciled, we haven't processed emotionally something from a long period of time. So, similar to what I was saying about the MLB guy who, for 30 years, <clears throat> had been making his mum wrong, that's a lot of heaviness in his system. Yeah. Now, he was still functional, he's making millions of dollars yeah. on the mound. So, similarly, I promise you that whoever this person is, She's holding on to something that she hasn't reconciled. Think about it physiologically. If you eat some heavy food, but you don't digest it properly, you know, you've got sour belching, you're bloated, you feel kind of heavy and shitty. That's just something physical. But think about it emotionally and psychologically. You've got something that happened to you 10, 20, 30 years ago that you haven't actually processed. That is going to create a heaviness in your system. So- we, we need to, we're to, to finish the point. We want to get back to what were the events that happened. And usually there's one pivotal, maybe a couple, that made her feel in her view that somehow she's not loved, she's not wanted, she's not good enough, mm. something like that. That's mm. the heaviness. The depression is just the symptom.
1: How many mm. of your clients, after you give them advice, will tell you that it's easier said than done?
0: Um, a lot. I use the expression, it's simple, it's not easy. Mm. Right. So when I point things out, it actually makes sense. And that's the simple mm. part. <clears throat> the not easy is putting it into effect, actually yeah. having the discipline, you know, and this is where honestly, you know, I wanted to acknowledge you for this whole journey you've been on with the the, the whole boxing experience mm. because, and we talked about that at dinner when you're at my house, is the dedication and the discipline to me was your greatest asset was your greatest win mm. was what you had to overcome in terms of i don't feel like it this morning or you know what the hell am I doing mm-hmm. the, the psychological apathy and resistance that you overcame that that is the tough part yeah understanding I mean I work with brilliant people who've got great minds they, they oh that makes sense but then if they don't actually follow through and execute yeah it makes no difference yeah
2: do you, do you only work with like uh, top performers or do you also work with People like average, like more common everyday people.
0: The whole gamut, everyone. Yeah, yeah.
2: How do you? How do you? uh, I I know you talked about what was that thing in Men in Black called that? Was it the deatomizer where he holds it up and goes, yeah, (laughs) and and it flashes and everybody forgets everything. Yeah. Since you don't have that, by the way, unless you do have that, in which (laughs) case that is actually the key to my work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 (laughs) Assuming you don't have that, how do you? I do. I know you're able to call out the fact that their depression, anxiety, or whatever it is is probably rooted in something that happened in the past, but how do you go about identifying what that thing is?
0: Um, I guess at one level, that's my skill. You know, it's being able to listen from a place where I can identify whatever it is they're saying to me just reveals something, like about a... It's like think of a think of a room like this room is I don't know five six hundred square feet right so within this room it gives space to this is perfect for a podcast or we could set up like you know a spare bedroom in here but we're not going to throw the Olympics in this room right, right? right because the space doesn't call for it so when someone comes to me with whatever their problem is I'm able to. Just detect what is the space they're stuck in? What is the language? Like, as I said earlier, if I'm not good enough, then that's going to give rise to all sorts of behavioral adaptations, people pleasing, perfectionism. And then you'll have the symptoms of that. Like, I'm exhausted. I don't feel like my boyfriend gives me enough attention. I don't get paid enough at work. That's the problem. But I can take that back to, well, actually, the problem is that you don't think that you're worth anything. And then we can highlight, wow, I can remember when my dad gave my sister more attention. Or, and I thought that meant that I was less than her or something like that. Um, I was just on a retreat teaching um, this group. And this mother brought up a concern about one of her sons. She said, you know, how do I help my son who keeps saying that he's not as good as, in this case, Robbie? And Robbie was his older brother. And she's, she said, you know, I'm telling him he's amazing and he's got this gift and he's da-da-da-da-da. I said, but first of all, you're not actually listening to what he's saying. I get from a mother's perspective you want him to feel better, but he's saying in his reality, the way the world occurs to him is that he's inadequate relative to his older brother. So unless you actually understand where someone is to start with, then you're not actually able to help them. But what he was revealing is that relative to his brother, he feels somehow less than. And and once you can hold a space for it and go, okay, I can see that you feel that, your brother's great at this, and he's an athlete, whatever – But then we can investigate, is it true that you're less than your brother? Like, is an actual truth? Like, I say I believe in gravity. That's about the only truth I believe in. Mm. Otherwise, it's just an opinion. Mm. And that's where you can undo that. That's where you can actually help somebody see that what you believe about yourself, it has an impact and it can suck at times to live there, but it's not an actual truth. And that's the freedom.
1: I'm fascinated by how much one's childhood can affect the the rest (laughs) of their life yeah yeah yeah. like i've sat with some therapists and during like the unpacking yeah everything every like problem that i had was like pinpointed because of something that went wrong during my childhood or like maybe my dad or mom didn't do something yeah like a lack Mm -hmm. of something and and it it made me the way i am yeah um so again there's just like a lot of a lot of stuff to unpack there but because like obviously we're not able to Sit you down with a one-on-one with each of our listeners yeah i want to go a little more macro okay and ask you is is there a best practice to improve or like what is what is the the thing that is stopping people from living to their fullest potential
0: the most i mean it's a beautiful question and again i love this about you and the fact that you do care about your audience um i think as human beings we're kind of designed fundamentally to survive Right. So on the macro level, I don't care who you are, whether I'm working with billionaire executive over here or a 13 year old kid who's struggling with ADD or anxiety issues. If if you recognize that who we are fundamentally as humans is designed to fight or flight to survive because we feel there are potential threats. Now, that threat might be my boss called me into my office. My wife is upset at me. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay rent this month. That is all based on what I call these linguistic fortresses. Like the language inside of my head is that I'm not going to be able to do something. It's based in, again, I don't want to get too esoteric with words, but it's a negation where we're saying not something. I'm not this, I'm not that. So on the macro level, for people to be able to find some freedom, it's recognizing where are you saying I'm not something, that I'm not going to be okay. That's how most people relate to the future is whatever's going to happen there's a perception that it's a worst case scenario, right? Fear, anxiety, apprehension, worry. I'm sure you had some of this going into the mm-hmm. fight, as confident as you were, as prepared as you were. It's natural as a human being to think that I'm not gonna be okay. And that's one of the biggest things that I see with everyone I work with, is that our relationship to the future is from that worst case scenario.
3: With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: And uh, the NBA guy that I helped, who was he had the league's worst, a- worst average, he was based on past history. The men in black, you know, the fear that he hadn't let go of, mm. was standing up at the free throw line, and now he's trying to avoid the repetition of what didn't go well, and is letting down his teammates. And the crowd is booing, and it's just a tough position to be in. So I said to him, you know, you think that you're worried about an outcome, but you're the one creating that potential outcome because nothing's happened yet. Yeah. Right. So I said, what if I told you that you shoot league average for the rest of the season, which was six, 75%. And he said, dude, that'd be amazing. His shoulders dropped. He started to smile like a kid. And I said, what I just created for you is as real as the future you're worried about. They're both made Damn. up. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you really get that, and he shot, he went from 35% to 68% that whole week because he recognized he created a different future. So that would be the first thing I say to people is, You've got to be aware of what is the future you're creating that you're concerned about because you're the one creating it. And when this hit me, it was just so mad and yet comical. we got one brain that is creating a perception of a future that hasn't happened yet. And it's usually not good, as I said. And then that same brain is trying to resolve, avoid or fix the future that it made up.
2: Yeah, so crazy. Isn't that
1: you make, you make it. You make it seem so simple, and like it. It, it is. Yeah, it, does, it sounds like it is. I it think is. it's
0: such a
3: shock to us, and I, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but we weren't taught this stuff in school. Right. Like where I'm trying to think, where were we taught any of this <laughs> information? We have a brain, yeah. and yet, what class K through twelve did we ever like study our brain? Nothing and even how close it works? It. I, no. I
2: think. I think uh, the question I asked you earlier about the difference between you know teaching these top performers and teaching the average everyday person is I think top performers by default, because Mm -hmm. of their ability to be top performers, athletes, actors, royalty, whatever they are, are innately potentially better at their ability to problem solve when it comes to mental illness. Okay. This is, this is just a, I'm just making this up. Maybe it's not true, but I, I I think of, on the other hand, the, um, advice that you give people,
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That are as someone who who suffers under a, a decent amount or, or at times a tremendous amount of depression and anxiety myself.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, some of that advice is reliant on what I would call a breakthrough. Yeah. Okay, you can I, I know people, people that live in this house. Nice. I know people that even live in this house <laughs> that you could throw, you know, change your mental mind state, yeah. imagine the best potential outcome, um, think positively. Let's identify your past. And it's like this poom, 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 poom. You're just yeah, throwing it at, at a metal wall. Not not a single thing is going through. Yeah. And so um I guess I guess like my question is like for those people out there. Cause I know I speak for these people in the audience. As yeah, soon as yeah. I say this right now, it'll get clipped a thousand people will DM me. Yo, you're talking about me. I know this feeling. Right, Nothing right. can get through to me. No one can help me. Yeah. I'm in the worst place. I'm in the mm-hmm. darkest rut. I'll never get out. I'll never get out. How do you, how do you break through those people? How do you get them to at least open up to the fact that there potentially could be a better life for them?
0: It's a beautiful question, and my response might seem a little bit soft, but for me, the first thing is for people to understand what it means to truly be loved. Because my assertion is, and it's a hard thing to say, that no kid, going back to your point about most of this, (coughs) I'd say actually all of it is generated in childhood, most children don't know what it means to truly be held and loved. And again, I'm a dude, I, you know, I'm a guy's guy. I love my sports, but I also would say one of my assets and my skill sets is that when I'm with someone, I just love them for who they are. So even if someone is depressed and you're talking about whoever this girl is and whoever you're speaking to in the audience, what most people want is to truly be held for wherever they're at. Think of a little kid who's just, you know, fell over and they got the boo-boo and they're crying and they're screaming. You don't want to go and like you throw solutions, you know, You should have had better sneakers on or you weren't paying. Like, that's not what they want. They want to be picked up and they want to be held. So that to me is the first port of call is I use the archetypes of what would the quintessential mother energy look like? And it's a lot of pressure on mothers to try and embody this. I'm not saying anyone should. But if you had that quintessential, almost like Mother Teresa type woman Mm -hmm. as your mother whatever you did, you'd always feel held. You'd always feel like loved and it's okay. You're a kid. You're supposed to break shit. You're supposed to get things wrong. But when we hear it from our parents, it's like, no, that was wrong that you did that. And that was bad. So that would be the first thing is to learn. And it is really tough. I really, you know, I have so much compassion for people out there doing the best they can, but to... To be able to hold yourself and go, you know what? I'm human. I'm not supposed to be perfect. I'm allowed to fuck things up. I'm allowed to be scared. I'm allowed to sometimes feel sorry for myself. That's okay. And to make a space for that is the first thing to do. So we want to embody the quintessential mother energy for whoever's going through whatever. Depression, anxiety, failure, loss, disappointment, it's okay. That's the first stop. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Then we can start to bring in the quintessential dad energy, who's the guy who's like, hey, you're awesome, and you start to figure shit out and go, okay, maybe this is why you didn't you know, do well in this sport or in that interview. And we can start to be in the analytical. But that's where most people go straight away is we want to fix it. And that person never felt held. Like I was saying when I was in the retreat, the woman who's trying to help her son who felt worse than or less than his uh, older brother, Robbie, He wants to just be held and listened to first. Most people don't listen in relationships, parenting to children. Just get what that human's reality is right now. And they don't feel good about themselves. And if you can just meet them there, I'm not saying that we want them to hang out there, but just to get, no, I really understand that you feel just, yeah. You really feel sad right now, and that's totally okay. And I think that's where women to women are a little bit better listeners. Us guys, we want to just fix shit. It's like, well, that was dumb. Why did you do that? Versus listening. Wow, I can get that. You've had a really tough day, babe. You know, like, I can get that. Now, in our mind, we might be like, that that could be fixed easily, but that's not what they're saying. They want to be heard. And this is where Mm -hmm. most guys struggle in relationships is they don't listen. Mm -hmm. So listening is first, (coughs) giving people the permission to feel what they feel, without judging them, it's okay. I I gave a client this example the other day. I said, imagine you're throwing a dinner party, not too dissimilar to the great one Andre did for us, and you can invite all of your emotions. And you're like, well, I definitely want happiness to be there, definitely joy, joy. You know, fun, he's awesome. You know, playfulness and excitement, I want those emotions. Positivity, he's definitely going to be invited. Uh, um, Positivity, she's awesome. But then you go to the list and you're like, oh, shit, do I have to invite depression? Does anxiety have to be at the dinner party? Does grief have to really be there? It's such a bummer. And to me, it's like if you don't invite all your emotions to the dinner party, you're denying a part of yourself. And so it's about being a big enough human being that you can allow all aspects of who you are to actually be part of your life. That is the full integration that allows you then to be free. Amazing. I, I'm, I'm curious to kind of extend on Mike's question, yeah. you know, to the to the you know viewers,
3: listeners out there that may be in a uh, family situation in which maybe they are missing family, which I know is something that you've you've obviously had to overcome. Yeah, yeah. Um or or maybe they're in an abusive you know relationship or something they feel stuck and their and their environment's not conducive and maybe they're too young to even move out and and they can't be on their own yeah what what do you say to to those types of people is there is there a way to find this inner clarity and this inner peace while still being in a chaotic environment or do you have to at some point completely remove yourself to to accomplish this
0: um I mean the first thing I'd say is I have nothing but love for you. I mean again that sounds a little bit philanthropic but I really do. I mean I've been through a lot myself we all have. And so I think compassion is one of the greatest assets we can have as human beings. That you don't know what war someone is going through. You know when we judge somebody in in public eye or in in traffic and we get pissed at it's like you don't know what they've been through. So first of all come from compassion We'd mm-hmm. be my first uh, response to anyone. Secondly, I guess it's dependent on the situation. If it's a kid, I mean, that's the thing that really breaks my heart, right? Is you see kids who, it might not even be abuse, like in terms of physical abuse, but the kid that's ignored, You know, at the dinner table or, you know, the quintessential go to your room. The dismissive energy that is put on humans to me is one of the the cruelest ways to treat anyone. And I'm just super sensitive to suffering. I don't want anyone to suffer. It's why I do what I do. I want to help people wake up and be free. So compassion and love would be the first thing I'd bring the people and say, listen, you're not alone. Uh, I think, you know, having some sense of companionship with people who are going through this to realize that there are millions of people going through the same thing. And then to, as best as possible, yes, if you can remove yourself from a situation that is abusive, whatever that means, it's a strong word, um, then, of course, that is great. Seek counsel in people that you can trust, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be friend. I mean, this is why people get into gangs. You know, humans want to belong. Mm-hmm. And if you don't find <laughs> belonging in your own biological family, which find you find it somewhere yeah, else. else. And, and and that's also scary, right? Because you're going to want to mimic. Um, <laughs> The group bless you, bless you. I bless, bless you, I got, uh, boys.
2: I got to take that sneeze as a as a uh, opportunity to run. Okay, my driver's outside. Oh, there excuse we go. us. Uh, there we go. <laughs> you guys don't change, on us, Mike. You guys have fun <laughs> here in the digital world. I'm gonna go do real things. Okay, <laughs> talk, talk about royalty.
0: <laughs> Mike, uh, a pleasure. I-
2: enjoy yourselves. Um, yeah, I want to talk to you again after the show. Because Absolutely, I think we can connect on a lot of. Things, no, I'd but, love um,
0: to help you, and and I really appreciate you sharing about the depression because it's it's. Uh, it's more common than people realize. I, you know? could, I
2: could sit here and talk to you about it for four hours. And yeah, by the yeah. way, I think a lot of people would like to see that. So yeah. hopefully, we'll hopefully we get come a chance back to
0: talk and, uh, Yeah, and just the first thing I would say to give you as a takeaway is is acceptance. You know, that whatever mm-hmm. you went through, you obviously got a big heart, you care, you've got a great mind, and you're no different than any other human being in terms of you've been through tough stuff, Right. But to accept your pathway without resistance is where you're going to find freedom. That what happened is one of my quotes that say, what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And if you really get that, there's a lot of freedom to be found because oftentimes we're judging our history as though that shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have done that. Well, now you're stuck. Right. What happened happened. Couldn't have happened out of the other way because it didn't. And I if you that. really get that, you, my friend, will find some more freedom.
2: I love it. Thank you, bro. you enjoy, enjoy the rest of the show, boys. Go kick ass on the Crush big it. screen. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> F on Mike.
0: I think to the
3: to the people out there that maybe are saying, "Oh, Peter, you don't get it. You, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you you have life made. You're working with all these people. Like, could you unpack your?" story with your parents personally, because sure. I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that I think would benefit from hearing that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I've encountered that a few times. Like, yeah, um, I can remember distinctly like doing an interview in London, uh, for some of my work and, and the woman made the point, so oh, it's easy for you, you're six foot three and you're successful. And I'm like, <laughs> well, it wasn't always that way. Certainly wasn't always six foot three. <laughs> <laughs> what he was? That would have hurt my mum. <laughs> so yeah, when I was uh, I was an only child, and when I was seven, my mum uh, passed of cancer, and so she'd been sick for a while. So she really wasn't present in my life as a mother for a good couple of years, and. I was actually sent away by my dad, you know, you're a kid, you don't know what's happening when you're six or seven. And when I came back, he took me into one of the rooms in the house and sort of got down on one knee so he could be eye level. He was always very considerate of that and said, you know, I can't remember his exact words, but basically your mom's not here anymore. And I don't know to this day to what degree I've actually been able to process that. You can't ask a seven-year-old to understand what death means and certainly of this quintessential security blanket called your mother. Um, so that that was that. And then uh, so that made my dad and I very close. And I'm blessed that I had a very unconditionally loving dad. And he did the best he could, given he still had to go to work, we weren't wealthy. Um, and then one day he went to work when I was 17. He worked on what we call the ferries or the boats that go between England and uh, Belgium and in England and France. And the boat capsized, and um, about three, three to four hundred people died. Oh my god! And uh, he, he was sadly one of them. So it was our equivalent of any major disaster. where It was all over the news for days, where they're pulling bodies out of the, uh. of the English Channel, and of course we're sitting there hoping that all the people coming out with blankets that uh, I see my dad, and um, suffice to say he, he, he wasn't one of them. So mm. that was probably. I'd say that was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And in ways that I still couldn't even process at the time. Again, 17, you know, you're so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can remember standing in my bedroom. And again, that mum's died, dad's gone. I did have a stepmother, but, you know, the relationship, she was a very nice lady, but it's not like my biological parents. And I can remember viscerally having the, what I consider the worst experience a human being can have, which is the feeling of complete isolation. And I think, you know, and as my work has evolved, I've realized that what we're up against is the belief that we're separate. And if we think we're separate as a human being, as any sort of pack animal, it's, it's the worst feeling because you want to belong, you know, which we could say is love or family and community. And But this was visceral, meaning it was physical. It wasn't like I could argue, no, 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 but I've got a great brother, even if he's a dick. You know, it's like we're close. There was no one. There's just no one, and so I think that's what led me to have so much compassion for people, is because I had the actual experience of separation, which I think is what people are going through when they're suffering. They might have parents, they might have siblings, they might have loved ones or spouses, but if we feel separate, then it's a it's a desperate feeling. So, yeah, so that was part of my uh, part of my upbringing, which I think you know, again, look. What I just said to Mike, what happened, happened. It couldn't happen any other way because it didn't. doesn't mean it's ideal. And some people misunderstand that quote. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that what people went through is ideal. People go through awful things, from child abuse to sexual abuse. I'm not saying what happened is great. I'm Mm -hmm. saying it happened. And if you keep processing it and you don't let go of it, then you're still suffering, even though it might be years after. Yeah. So what happened is that's what happened. And apparently that was my destiny. And it allowed me to become, as I said, loving, compassionate, patient, understanding with people. Um, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone but clearly that was what was my karma so yeah. yeah I feel like some people
3: take that experience they they use it and they get into trouble some people take that and they yeah. become the best version of of themselves
0: I, I think it's one of the most you know the greatest compliments I got when I went to college in the UK at first year at university I didn't know anyone and, and you, you obviously start to make friends and this one guy, he, he was a very sweet guy, very sensitive. And he came up to me and after we got to know each other and some people had heard my story, college had something like 15,000 students. And he said, you know, if we were to line up every student and you had to pick the kid whose parents had died, you would have been the last one I'd pick because you just seemed so mm-hmm. vital and full of life. Which to me at the time was very, you know, it was a compliment to what degree at that age I was also hiding a little bit because, you know, I was conscious of it. I don't know, but it was still it was still a compliment.
3: Was there, was there like a mentor or something that you found? Because I think what's interesting now is like we're on a podcast and yeah. hundreds of thousands of people are able to process this story and this experience like that. You didn't have that as a kid. So right. I think we have an audience right now that has the potential. If you've gone through something where you can make a conscious decision, okay, I'm going to be like Peter, I'm going to, I'm going to use this to actually become an awesome human being. Yeah. Um, was there something for you personally that, that allowed you to kind of help? You know, make sure you didn't go down a bad path and you you did go down this path.
0: No, it's a a beautiful question. And I think a lot of people have said something similar. It's like, wow, you could easily have slipped into a pathway of drugs or, you know, become somebody who was just bitter about life Mm. and why me and it's not fair and screw God and... So, uh, there was no one in particular that stood out. I think I grew up in a community. There was a lot of families on the small street that I grew up where there was a lot of support a community. You know, I think that is going to give people a lot of, uh, access to, um, strength and security. Um, I think just for me, I I was always somebody who was very curious. I wanted to understand things. I didn't want to be a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be responsible. And I think that's one of the powers that I garnered at a very young age is like, okay, I could either say that somebody is the reason for my suffering, or I could look at it myself. And that, that to me was very empowering. So whatever anyone's going through right now, if you're looking at your life like you're a victim of your boss, your wife, your parents, your kids... You're already on the back burner. You're already struggling because you're saying, I'm powerless. It's, well, no, if they were better, then I would be okay. If they said sorry, I would say sorry. If they said I love you, I would say, right? So you're always playing this waiting game. And this is, again, why I have a lot of respect for you, my friend, is that, you know, you're a pioneer. And I know you get a lot of backlash in different ways, and it's sort of a love-hate relationship. But you put your shit out there, you Mm -hmm. know, and that takes courage. Because, you know, you are making a a a sort of a statement that can leave you vulnerable in whatever you pursue Mm. and i think a lot of people are scared which is totally human but if you want to break out of something it's incumbent upon you to actually be responsible for the life that you're creating and and that's that that takes cojones you know or a passion or a, a a big heart to really believe in something um and that, but that to me is the most fulfilling life to live is you can either be a victim of life or you can be somebody who's responsible for the life you're creating. Mm.
3: Do you feel like this, this podcast, cause I've seen, I've known you for a handful of years and I feel like that vulnerability you talk about is like the key. Like, do, how do you mm-hmm. feel like this podcast, for example, and like. Because you've put so much more of your personal life out there in the last year. Uh, Yeah, this podcast has ruined my life. (laughs) It's it's horrible. You say
1: that, but I feel like it's actually hell. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right.
0: ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary, by law, 18
3: plus, and conditions apply. See website for details. I feel like it's done the opposite.
1: It has. Uh, it, it, personally, the growth that I've experienced because of my willingness to to talk about the things I'm feeling and the things that are happening in my life, it's like it's unparalleled like this podcast is quite literally one of the greatest things that happened to my life yeah for some reason it helps me form and articulate thoughts more Mm -hmm. and also and what you were touching on earlier is like acceptance yeah not only with other people but with myself yeah even though i've i've fucked up Mm -hmm. i've made mistakes (laughs) yeah i've done some dumb shit when i was younger and when i when i say younger like one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, which really isn't that young, but in the scope of my life and I, I'm a ever evolving person and I, and I, and I change quickly. Like I, in a year, I won't be this person. Exactly. Um, being able to accept myself has made my life so much easier versus trying to, uh, pretend that I'm something that I'm currently not. Yeah. Like, um, I'm well aware of like the social media perception that is like Logan Paul. And instead of being like, instead of living in a sp- place of denial, um, it's, I accept it and I am optimistic and looking forward to taking on the challenge to bring people on board yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and make them hopefully see what I see about myself because I just, I just like believe I can. And one thing I do a lot that that you uh hinted at earlier is like i I pressed the reset button on my life yeah, right. a lot yeah. same. I'll, same. I'll, I will wipe my mind of the past mm-hmm. and look forward to the future, and that is that the future by the way that I've manifested that is great yeah and and it's not focused in the in the negative and I wanted to ask you this actually um this is sort of anecdotal, but in my boxing fight yeah i i manifested the victory. I manifested, mm-hmm. um, the win, only the greatest outcome mm-hmm. and the fear of losing yeah. or the fear of failure, which again, you, you mentioned earlier, didn't cross my mind. There, yeah. there was no, there was no, um, there was no fear of losing. I, I wasn't worried about becoming a meme. That wasn't my motivator. My yeah. motivator was, I'm going to, I want to be the greatest. And yeah. I, wanna, I don't want to, I want to prove to the world that I can do this. Yeah. And by the way, so can you. Yeah. Um, but a lot of boxers, um, Anthony Joshua, I know, um, even I think KSI said a big motivating factor for them was the fear of losing Yeah, that that world that they created that, by the way, hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if that may be, although it may be not ideal, I'm wondering if it may be a stronger motivating factor, that fear of failure, because like on november 9th ksi wanted it more and yeah. I, I i can ask myself why i can come up with excuses all i want but me being optimistic and hopeful for um the best potential outcome yeah may not have been as strong as that fear of being inadequate yeah and do you see that often like are people
0: often driven by yeah i mean i the it's a, it's a beautiful distinction and being able to be aware of it. Like I work with a lot of high-end athletes, right, pro-athletes. And so to me, there's three main stages, which is preparation, execution, and then outcome. And most people just focus on outcome. And so mm-hmm. I will tell people, if you didn't prepare and you didn't execute, you have absolutely no right to be pissed about the outcome. Mm-hmm. And most people don't get that. So within what you just talked about, there's so many nuggets we could talk about in terms of performance. But the thing that hits me the most is I love the confidence you had, but I would say it was also what left you vulnerable. Mm. Mm. Because Mm. Jack Nicklaus is the greatest golfer that ever lived, you know, in terms of like actual um, accolades. He's got more than Tiger and Tiger's obviously doing whatever he can to beat that. But he said one of the most important parts of winning is being okay losing. Mm. So he made space for it.
1: That's 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 a that's a pill to swallow, dude. Ah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's funny because I've I've like technically I've lost a lot in my life, but every time I do it, I'm like,
0: ooh, <laughs> yeah. And
1: even after my fight, dude, I'm in the ring, and you see me grab my chest. This is moments after my hand wasn't raised. Yeah, and I'm like. Like I, I, felt like pain in my chest. I was like, "Ow, this, this stings." This loss, like it's, it, yeah, hurt it hurt me. I literally yeah. said, Ow. "I was like, Ow. Right. Jake's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "It kind of stings a little bit." <laughs> um, yeah, which it's, it's definitely something I need to be better at. It, um,
0: it, it reminds me of one of my again MLB guys, full of life, Venezuelan. He he won. He was part of the Cubs team that won the World Series. You know, after they hadn't won for whatever 108 years. And prior to that season, he said, oh, fuck you, oh, fuck Peter. He was like, just super, super positive, dude. You oh, know, it, oh, don't, I'm never going to fail, man. I'm the best. And I, I said, dude, listen, I love you, but you could. Yeah. You could. I mean, especially in the sport of baseball. And he took it on, right? And I said, what I hear is a kid who's super passionate, but you're actually scared to the point that you're pretending you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Wherever you have a pretense, you're vulnerable. And so that moment, he, I said, Me, what if, what if, what if you're okay that you do lose? What if, what if that doesn't? Are you going to be okay?" And I liked a little use a bit of humor. I said, "Or well, do I have to call your mom? You know, it's like, <laughs> "Are you, you going to be all right?" Mm-hmm. And he, he was, you know. So. For me, it's like if you're okay, if you are okay with every outcome, you're free.
1: Which, which by the way, before the fight, I wasn't. There if, you go. If, if someone in my camp said something about me losing, I'd like snap on them. I'd be like, "Yo, watch your mouth!" Like, there you go. They, but, but aren't you on my team? Don't you believe in me? Yeah. And like in my mind, there was literally quite on, quite literally only one outcome.
0: Yeah, and that's and what like, left you vulnerable. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I, I you didn't that. you didn't and listen, this is powerful because it's a fight, right? It's it's a job, it's any kind of performance that someone is committed to. Mm. If you don't integrate all possibilities, yeah. then you are leaving yourself. It's like I said, the dinner table. If you don't include all the emotions, then you're not complete. You're not being, like you said, fully self-accepting. Um there, there's one of my teachers, and I mean the guy died, but he's an Indian guru, so I read his books mm. called Krishna Murti. And he said, he's got this great meme that goes around. It's like, here's my secret. I don't mind what happens.
1: Mm, That's awesome.
0: They really get that. That's awesome. Now, Yeah, this is my secret. I don't mind what happens. Mm. Now, because I work with a lot of high-end performers, we do care. But again, one of the distinctions I teach is I care more than anyone I know. I just don't worry. Now, think about that. Care pointing to your chest like his heart. Anatomically, it's associated with that, the love. Worry is the psychology where people get ahead of themselves. So, I care, I just don't worry. Mm. And that's, that's deep if you really get it. Most people are in their head constantly worrying. That's anxiety, that's fear, that's uh, depression, apprehension, concern. But if you care, that's love, which means that makes space for the fact that I could fail. And I'm okay with that now I, I wouldn't want that for you if I was part of your team and we were working yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but if now knowing what you're sharing, which is beautiful for you for yourself and your audience, that you yeah. actually weren't okay with that is what led to you life bringing that forward, right mm. Another powerful quote I use is "Life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free." Mm. Mm. And get that again life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Mm. To me that mm. fight revealed where you weren't free. Mm. Which is awesome, maybe not in the outcome, but it is for your growth. Because yeah. now you get wow, I can be a bigger human being because I got to see where I wasn't okay with what could have happened because yep. that is the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I think I think something else that didn't help was the 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 press conferences, honestly, and like and like the videos and the everything leading up to the fight, mm-hmm. the backstory. Because yeah. I'm conflicted because uh, I'm 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 this I'm this fighter who has like a uh, moderate ability, yeah. But also I'm I'm an entertainer who I would let me pat myself in the back for a second. Like I I love to ent- entertain. That's that that is my thing. So yeah, I'm attempting to sell. Uh, the event yeah and so i put on this persona of like yeah you know first round decapitation (laughs) i'm unbeatable i'm the greatest boxer ever and like i get home and i'm like yo that was hilarious it was fun but like probably 10 percent of what i said was realistically true yeah and so then i start to fall in this mindset of like no i am the greatest no i can only win Mm -hmm. there's only one outcome yeah and it, it it It's weird because I like psyched myself out. So the the takeaway here is, I guess, for the next fight, I I got to find a balance between being humble and realizing realistically Mm -hmm. that both outcomes are possible: winning and losing, or drawing, I guess. Um, But also selling a show, yeah, because I'm not a, a world class boxer yet, who's who can sell a show based purely on his athletic ability
0: Mm. no i get it and listen i think honestly this is why you have such a big audience right because there's something about you that every human being can relate to which is Both aspects that you just spoke to. There's the entertainer, right? So for you, it might be on scale, but for somebody at home, their form of entertainment is trying to look good in front of their girlfriend or their dad. There's a form of entertainment. It's still a pretense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's a part of you that I think most people are really enamored with, which is your vulnerability. Like even the fact that you're letting me contribute to you in this way Mm. and go, you know what, you're right. I was pretending to be like, I'm the number one. I'm going to be the best. And, but underneath it, you don't know that. I have no idea. You're freaking <laughs> clueless. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like
1: oh, this would be great. And by the way, it's not, <laughs> like I, it's not
0: like I don't believe myself. I'm just like, no, 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 I'm I just like guessing. <laughs> I get it. But you said one word, which to me, is one, it's become one of my favorite qualities that I hope that I do embody is humility. Because my, my quote unquote awakening, if you want to call it, was that when I discovered those three words, I don't know. Because mm. I'd had a girl leave me, you know, which was perfect because it revealed my fear of loss, which we now know from my parents dying, was very strong in me as a fear. So I meet the first girl, quote unquote, that I fall in love with. What do I want to avoid happening? The same thing, her leaving me. So as she left, I fell apart. And then I had all these questions. Well, is she with someone else? Will I ever see her again? Blah, blah, blah. Feeling sorry for mm. myself, which is human. It's okay. Yep. But the answer to all of the questions was the same. I don't know. Oof. And once I got that and accepted it, I was free because the nature of life is uncertainty. You did not know on that night, stepping into that ring, what the outcome was going to be. You had the pretense, which is great. We could call that bravado or confidence. But to me, it was vulnerability. Mm. And where you stand a chance to really evolve as a human being with the impact that you have to be even more powerful is to stay in the space of uncertainty whilst being committed. Right. So for my athletes, I say totally committed, fully unattached.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: Now, if you get that, That's I'm going to give it my all, but I don't know what's going to happen and I'm going to be okay regardless. That's a powerful human being. I feel like that it's rare too,
3: because we're bred to be thinking about the future. We're bred to be thinking about, you know, we're going through school and, you know, get ready for college, yep. get a job, yep. do mm-hmm. this, blah, 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 blah. You're going to retire. Yeah. You're always striving for something yeah. and you're never being taught to just be present. Just yeah. like enjoy the moment. Every moment that you're part of, even if you're in LA traffic, which that's
0: pretty damn hard, bro. Everyone's everyone's ideal life is in the future. Now just get that. That just doesn't even make sense. When when have you ever been in your future? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and that's why people are freaking miserable. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm getting there. Even the expression, right? I'm getting there. Well, where are you getting to? Yeah, the only place to be is here. Now, I'm not saying that I don't as an entrepreneur as somebody who's committed to really shifting the course of humanity, which may sound grandiose, but that's what I'm up to, is that I have a future that I'm committed to. And I don't want to be fatalistic. I might pass away tomorrow. You know, I don't don't know. So I'm still going to be fully with you guys, engaged in this conversation, fully present. Mm. And that, to your point about being an athlete and being a boxer, the more that you can embody presence whilst being okay with all outcomes is the degree to which you have full access to your power to impact the moment. Wow. That's so deep. Right? And most people are, as you said, they think that their future, no, wait, just when one day I have enough money, my body's finally ripped and I've got the best partner, the big, whatever it is that people are committed to. And I have, you know, have all the goals and aspirations you want. But if you think that your joy, your happiness, your freedom is going to be found in your future, then you're kidding yourself. Mm. And you're in a mild state of depression.
2: Mm.
3: I think I resonate, uh, like, on the note of boxing, I resonate with, like, Ruiz versus Joshua. Like, Ruiz came into that first fight, like, completely unexpected.
1: You know, ended up winning. I think that's why he won. Yeah. I, and he, then the yeah.
3: second fight, you could clearly tell that he 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 did not prepare nearly as much as,
1: as Joshua did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I resonate. Ab- absolutely. Well, because, I mean, the first fight, like, he had nothing to lose. He was a substitute. And he went in just like, wow, I got this, like, championship fight. I'm going to just do the best I can. He, like, yeah. He, he, he didn't. He, maybe he didn't give a fuck. Like, honestly, and he had fought six weeks before that, so he was already in shape. He he had he already had his win. Right. He's got a nice house in San Diego. We went there for his birthday. Like, he he had everything he wanted, bro. And he just went in and was fully unattached. Yeah. My question is. Yeah. This is my so one of the quotes you said. This is my secret. I don't mind what happens. Yeah. You adopting the idea of being comfortable saying I don't know. Yeah being totally committed and fully unattached. Yeah. How do you, how, how do you become fully unattached? How do you say, I don't know. And how are you always comfortable with what happens and not be a sociopath?
0: Right. Right. And, and
1: I, and I ask this because I sometimes have this problem and which is why I think uh, this guy, Shane Dawson did a, a piece on my brother and the word sociopath was thrown around so many times. Mm-hmm. And um, with, with people sometimes i i i use logic to determine how i act or how i treat them or what i say to them because to me as a person who is kind of unattached mm-hmm. who who's doesn't know a lot of things and who doesn't really mind what happens like i want the best but i always say this yo if if you take this house away from me and you take all my money away from me I will go back to Ohio and I will live in a tree and chop wood and I'll be just as happy as I am now. Mm-hmm. I've had this like level of happiness my whole life and the through line is pretty consistent. Yeah. So how do you how do you do all the things you sa- you said you said and st- and still show that you care?
0: Yeah. I would actually say that's the greatest way to show that you care because otherwise what you're saying is my value is externally associated. Why are people like wanting an outcome? Because it's the accolades, whatever that might be. It could be a check for something. It could be the recognition for something. So to me, the most, the, the, the highest form of care is where you recognize your value for who you are. Like you're a unique aspect of life. There's no other you on the planet. And to me, that warrants honoring, that warrants reverence. Yet most people are under the impression that their value is somehow compromised. I'm not worth something. So I will compensate for that by trying to get something external. Mm. So if I'm, if I'm okay with me, then I've got literally nothing to lose, talking about the boxer, right? Because I'm not looking for external trappings to try and compensate for internal lack of self-worth. Now, if you really get that, that to me is the most powerful human being because nothing can be taken from them. Mm. And that's how I see every human being. Why? Because no, they, they're one in eight billion how much more special do you want to be? Yeah, But the trouble is most people, because of the lens that they look through, which is they've been told that they're not this or they didn't get picked for the football team or they lost this or whatever it is. Yeah, it's human nature. Again, why I have compassion and love for people. But it's not a truth to think that you're somehow inadequate. Mm. You're just not. That's a narrative. It's a conversation. So you believe that you're somehow inadequate and then you're going to do whatever you th- you think you need to through behavioral adaptation to compensate for that. And that's why you're not okay with outcomes and that's why you're not okay not knowing and that's why you're also like trying to attach yourself to some external value. None of it's wrong but it's also futile because what you keep doing is reinforcing the belief that there's something inadequate about you. That's going back to the one brain that's like Coming up with this sense of insecurity that then is trying to find security, not realizing you made up the insecurity in the first place. Mm, mm. So that to me is the ultimate form of care because it is self care. It is if the degree to which I fully love and accept myself is the degree to which I can extend that to all other beings.
3: Like you're like you're saying, it's self love. Yeah. So how do you have like tangible take home for the audience, like a few things that they can do on a daily basis to? Like, how do you practice self-love and a healthy scraping.
0: way? Tongue <laughs> scraping. Make your breath, no, make I your breath <laughs> not stink. I, I, I took a
1: picture the other day with my tongue out. Someone commented that I need to scrape my tongue. Yeah, there really? you go. Yeah, I think yeah. the back of it, you use a little scraping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that um, happens, bro.
0: I mean, anything, anything that is reflective of self-care, you know, I mean, kidding aside, that could be tongue scraping, it could be flossing. Like, what are you doing? that is in some way honoring the life that you are, right? Another quote I use, I say, until you love and respect yourself, what makes you think anyone else should? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we do, we tend to look at it the other way around, like, oh, they don't love me. Then. Well, how well are you playing that game, right? Yeah. So it's it's just a reflection, it's a mirror. So I, I would look at where are you abusing yourself? Where are you like having negative conversations about yourself? Where are you even speaking to people around you in a way that is sort of compromising your worth? And stop doing that.
3: I would say, I would say also. A good way I love that I, I would say If you go into your room And it's messy mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good That's a good place to start i like if, if you have this. a messy ass room <laughs> I've heard this Like yeah.
1: take care of that the, first There maybe. are people who Who say the, the first thing You should do every day Is make your bed mm-hmm. There's a video that went viral I think it was like a general or Yeah exactly Army, yeah. You
0: know? yeah 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 he, a Marine or something else. Yeah cause even if you had A shitty day He said and you come back And you, you did can something. see your bed's made Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. it's about
3: that momentum Like you're actually like Are starting <laughs> to like move You're doing something Yeah I You're
1: I I I agree with the sentiment, but when I saw that, I was like, eh. <laughs> "Well, well you got I'm a great like, housekeeper." <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and you're like, "I'm gonna but, get back
3: into it later." So it's like yeah. it's peeled back already. But I
1: try to. I try to. I've heard this before too. Like successful people are are disorganized, mm-hmm. you know, and and. That, that is, that can yeah, be, I've
3: heard like a messy desk is a sign of somebody who's, who can you know, be, got a messy uh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that
0: once in school, you know, like if a cluttered desk is a indication of a cluttered mind, what's an empty desk mean? I guess it implied an empty mind. I'm not sure I would buy into it, but it just means it's a cluttered desk or it's an empty desk. I mean, listen, you know, anything anything that is a form of action, a form of, this is again, why I acknowledged you at the dinner that you came to is that it's, it's the act, it's the discipline. As I said, it's the preparation and the execution. Mm. People are always trying to find the right answers. You go and see an expert, invariably, it's all around the realm of instruction. Like, what should I do? How should I do this? Mm. And, I think people focus way too much on trying to get everything right versus just get on with something. Yeah, like I used to above my above my desk, there was just the expression "get on with it." Like because I could sit there. I'm a smart guy. I have got a great mind. I could strategize and and I'm, or I could just get on with shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So whatever it is, like people who like struggle with weight loss, let's say, and maybe they are two three hundred pounds overweight and they do have all sorts of you know potential disorders from diabetes to high cholesterol, and it's it's tough. You could sit there and feel sorry for yourself, or you could do something today that loses half a pound, Mm. right? And you're closer to the goal than you were at the beginning of the day. It might seem minuscule relative to the 200 pounds you have to lose, but you have to go through that stage at some point. So getting into action, doing something that is a reflection of self-care and self-love is, quote-unquote, the greatest thing you can do to enhance the quality of your life. Yeah. Just going off of that, uh, example, uh, one thing I always say to people, um, and it's
1: advice I gave that girl too. I, I asked her if she was, um, doing something physical every day, Mm -hmm. like just literally just sweating. just sweat, just make yourself go jump rope for 15 minutes. Yeah. Make yourself sweat once a day, go to a gym. I'm sure you'll end up working out. Yeah. That is a huge, uh, self-care ritual for me. Yeah. Like when I'm hitting the bag. Yeah.
0: No, like nothing else. Ma- nothing else matters. Movement to me is, you know, if we were talk about human potential, if you don't have some consistent form of, call it exercise or. Mobility stuff. Then, then you're not close to accessing your potential. Mm. It, it's just it's it's one of these what I call non-negotiables. It's like if you don't have good sleep, then equally I don't care what you're committed to, you're not going to access that. Yeah. So movement is key. Like doing something as you said that gets blood moving, that gets your heart rate up, that that, that allows you ideally to sweat. It's one of the yeah. things that few people do. Mike Mike would love you right now. That's what he's always about. He's always elliptical, it. just it's scooting it, around. And, and by
3: the way, Mike sweats, bro. He gets exactly. It in.
1: And Mike's not a person you'd see and be like oh like that guy works out right but but he's moving <laughs> but he, he doesn't he moves he, he, yeah he's 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 not really in there to get in the best shape of his life he's in there for his physical and mental health yeah and by the way i know it's hard i know it's really hard like yeah. dude I, sometimes when i'm working i'm jogging i'll be a mile and a half in and i'll be like this fucking sucks. yeah it's the last this thing this i want to do blows, right now. dude yeah but You have to do it, and when you cross that hump, your life will be so much better. And something I've done, a mindset that I've adopted, that has really helped me come to terms with working out and how it's become a necessity in my life is I will be partaking in fitness for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It's it's one thing I need. I need food. I need Mm -hmm. water. I need fitness. (laughs) And so, like, accept it. Accept the fact that you're going to be in the gym two to five times yeah. a week yeah. and you're playing yourself
3: if you're not and you and you might not even see it i i can say that because when i was training for iron man there'd be days where i'd be on the bike and i would i would know like in my training schedule it says like you got to go hard today and i wouldn't or i'd cut my mm, workout mm, a little bit mm. short and then when it comes time for that actual moment for you to perform and yeah. in my case that was an Ironman, man i'd be like you know 12 miles in on the marathon at the end i'd be like shit dude like this is where those days where Mm -hmm. i could have put that little extra in came in handy and you don't want to wait till that moment you want to be at that moment and you want to be like hell yeah thank god i put those time that time in when i didn't think it was even gonna mean anything with like it every day means something
1: yeah with boxing I had that moment a lot in practice and and I've made this clear before I I worked my ass off. Like I I always do. That's never like a thing we need to worry about, like me underworking or anything. But also with boxing, I think it might be easier because that moment comes with the idea that, yo, if I don't if I don't go as hard as I possibly can right now, I will be knocked the fuck out and become Mm -hmm. a meme. And so it's with boxing, it's a little easier to to not slack because you can't. Like you're, you got a lot on the line, but it's it goes the same for every sport because you don't want to have that moment of wow, I should have worked harder on game
3: day. Definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, and and even with fighting though, it's like there's always a layer to it. It's like mental or some preparation that mm. you, you know you don't want to regret not doing. I just
1: it. I just remember like I was I was two months into into training camp. And we were doing ladders, and I was like, this shit's fucking hard. Like, how easy would it be to kind of just like maybe go a little slower than I should? And I was like, if I do that, I'm gonna fucking die. And yeah. on fight night, like, I, this is not, it is not worth it. I'm gonna push myself now so I can be comfortable fighting on fight night. I respect that. I, yeah. I
3: think even dumbing it down, like the average person out there, like the days that you're not putting in a, a sweat for example, mm-hmm. like you don't know those consequences and the days that you have bad days and you're like, why am I lost? Why can't I figure out my passion? Why Go am the I...
1: Gym. That's,
3: that's the accumulation of you not putting those like really simple practices, like you're saying, like just
0: movement. It, it, it's one of the favorite parts about the science of Ayurveda where you were asking earlier about my yeah. credentials. Yeah. They have a beautiful system called samprapti, which is the Sanskrit word, which means the process of disease. And they recognize six stages of how any disease comes into existence. But the first stage is accumulation. So you, you gather mm. too much of something. So you think about even just like, think about your closet. You know, when you get too much shit in there, then the accumulation leads to the second stage, which is aggravation. Now you can't find stuff. Mm. And eventually the third stage is loco- uh, spread. Sorry. So now the clothes start to spread into, you know, they're hanging on your treadmill or they're on the floor yeah. in your in yeah. bedroom. So to this point about like accumulation, if you understand that's the first stage of disease, Then what is accumulation? It's where you're gathering too much because you're eating and Mm. you're not actually burning it off. Mm. You're holding on to unexpressed emotions. That's a form of accumulation that I promise you, you know, Mike talking about depression or this girlfriend of yours, like it's there's an accumulation of stuff that hasn't been discarded. So what's one of the greatest ways to get to a place of feeling better about yourself. Sweat, because you're letting stuff go. Donate stuff. Clean out your closet. These are external tips, you know, that people can do to help yep. feel that, to inspire that sense of um, liberation or feeling better about yourself. And, and in that realm, again, of people who are struggling, it might seem like the last thing you want to do. But when you're depressed, one of the best ways to overcome that is to do something for somebody else. Like oftentimes I've had people who are struggling with depression go to a volunteer center, you mm. know, go feed the homeless, donate something that means something to you, to somebody who could really benefit from it. Because what happens is in doing something, you realize, wow, I make a difference and your value goes up. Yep. When your value goes up, you're going to take better care of yourself. Yep. I resonate with that big time. I remember when I was down
3: in Bolivia and I'm like, meeting these people who their entire property has, like, just been obliterated by a fire. And then I'll come back to L.A. and I'll start complaining about something, like, something small. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll be like, shut up, dude. Like, keep, you know, I think that is so important for people to – partake in something greater than themselves Pers- yeah perspective is huge, huge. I, 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 try, I try to Massive. always and I I try making to a difference
0: always, yeah because otherwise it's all about me you know woe is me it's all like i i i i i mm. this is the perspective that people have i need this i want this i'm supposed to and and versus recognizing no i have the opportunity to make a difference and i think that's something that you've done and you continue to evolve into which is beautiful is to help make a difference in people's lives yeah i think that's that's why i push that so much because i think like anytime
3: there's a chance to you know, use this platform to, you know, do good. Mm -hmm. It goes way beyond us. It transcends this lifetime. It's something that, you know, people are going to forget the selfish things that you accomplish. Like, yeah. yeah, you can take that with you to the grave, but that's where it's going to stay. Yeah, Like the things that you did for other people, for the world, that's what lives on. That's what people end up caring about hundreds of years yeah. later.
0: And and that to me is where, you know, the stuff that I've been doing through, hopefully podcasts like this too, like it's just so touching. Mm-hmm. When I'm getting these thousands of DMs from people I've never met, like I got one the other day that was so moving. She actually left a voice memo in a DM. Nice. Oh, that's right. About, she said, I've been for 51 years, I've been a seeker. And she said, I was always asking what was wrong with me, what was wrong with my parents, what was wrong with the universe. And she said, I listened to one of your podcasts over and over and I realized there's nothing wrong. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I feel free. And (sighs) it's not to say that it's ideal. It's not to say that I condone the way things are currently, but there's nothing wrong. Life is the way it is, but only always. And then what are you committed to in terms of improving that? But to resist it is going to be the suffering that people experience. So, Yeah, you don't know where this is going to go, but like, it's just—it's so powerful, and it's—it's—it's gratifying to get stuff like that back.
1: I, uh, because I think I'm 24 years old, and I'm like a testosterone-driven male. Yeah, a term that I've like adopted is like often I say this to myself: I go, "Fuck it, (laughs) fuck it, dude." Like, yeah, in many ways, it's—it's—it's like a harsher version of everything you said that relates to me more. Just like Mm -hmm. stop trying to understand. Fuck it. This is where I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen, but fuck it. I'm sure it'll be all right. And yeah. if it's not, fuck it. <laughs> does this make I, does this make sense? Yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself. Super profound. Yeah, it, it was poetic. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's gonna be the quote that lives on. It's well, like it's okay. like 300 years from now, <laughs> philosopher fuck Logan, it, Paul. Logan Paul. Fuck
0: it. <laughs> well, hey, for, for all my for all my frat yeah. brothers out there, yeah. like
1: you know, they, yeah. they they're they're hearing us say like totally committed, fully unattached. Yeah. They might not know what the words committed or unattached means. No, But mean. no. yeah, yeah, they, they know, is, know what fuck it, fuck it means. Yeah you know
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. send it fuck it those fuck are the two it. things mm-hmm. they know 100%. and that's
0: that's where again just to subtly to help people like that's the i don't worry Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah cuz yeah. you care yeah. i can tell you care you have got a huge heart yep. you know you got a beautiful family extended here and, and and but to not worry is where people will find freedom yeah and that yeah, to me is so the greatest true. product is to let people be free from the concerns about a future that hasn't even happened yet mm.
1: what do we got can, can, Point can, over
0: can, here. can i put a Exclamation mark! No, I just I want to ask something because I yeah. I've
1: had this problem and, okay. I, and I iterated this on my on my last video on my YouTube channel. Sometimes I don't worry, and it it, it fucks me. Mm-hmm. Like like specifically in the fight, mm-hmm. it was round four. I had knocked him down. Probably should have capitalized that, on that, but I I didn't because I was just like there was no like fire at the moment. And mm-hmm. like round five again, just there was this like nonchalance. That, by the way, has contributed a lot to my success. Right. Because I, I don't worry. But in some scenarios, don't you think a fire should light under my ass?
0: Yeah, that's a commitment. But I I believe the most powerful form of fire is where I'm committed to something for a purpose, not because of fear. Hmm. There's subtle difference, right? Like, So you're committed to something. Like when someone goes into the gym because they want to get in shape because they're concerned that they're overweight, they've just been diagnosed by their doctor, that they're pre-diabetic, and that's a reaction to something. It might give them fire. It's like, holy shit, I'm about to die. i got to go and get myself in shape. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's bad, but the trouble is it's not being driven by something that they're committed to. It's something they're trying to avoid. And most people are in a reactive state of mind versus a creative state of mind.
1: For sure. So so this
0: is why, to me, one of the greatest uh, gifts we have as human beings is imagination. Because, you know... The whole Apple thing or whatever it is, think different. You know, people have all of these mottos about like being creative. Like look at the leaders, the pioneers, the thought leaders that we've had in life. They were people that thought out of the box. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't in reaction to something necessarily that they were trying to overcome, but rather something they wanted to create. They wanted to innovate. So worry to me still is in the bucket of reactivity. Versus, no, I'm going to create like something that is powerful that shifts the course of my life and the people around me. That you you being committed to what you were committed to in that fight to me, yes, to a certain degree, it's a reaction to a challenge that KSI put down. Yep. But but you also became a different human being by virtue of that commitment. Yep. That to me is the real win. Yep, yep, yep. That's the real like opportunity for you to see, wow, what can I commit myself to now that means that I have to evolve, that I have to become a better version of myself. Yeah. Not because you're fighting something externally past-based that you're like judging that yep. you're reacting yep. to, but what am I committed to doing in my life just for the sheer hell of it? That that's a joyous life. Yeah.
3: I feel like that ego too from the the win, like the victory, that fruit doesn't last long. Like we saw no. like people forget about the fight a couple of days after, right? They're Bro, already moved I, on. It, it is
1: so it's so quickly. So the yeah. prize
3: the prize the prize in that learning lesson that that you're describing is is lifetime yeah. versus, yeah. you know, something where you get to like wear it around, make a few videos like it doesn't last. It's, it's, um, it's one
0: short-lived. Of, one of the PGA Tour golfers who had, like many golfers, aspired to become a major winner. Like, you know, you win Augusta or you win the British Open or whatever it is. He actually won the British Open. And you'd think that that was like the pinnacle of his success. And for sure, that night and they went out and they had whatever cocktails and they had a good time because yeah. he won. Yeah. But then he went into a major depression mm. because he'd gotten to what he thought was the pinnacle of the success that he was striving for. Now, if you don't have anything that keeps you growing, that you keep having to go towards, you are going to go straight into that slump. I, I, had to, I was called in to address a major league clubhouse, ba- baseball players, 25 guys with all the staff. And they were in a bit of a slump. And I said, you know, the trouble is in this room, you all made it. Right. So you think about little leaguers who then want to aspire to be like, you know, play at a high school and then a high school. Maybe they get drafted and they go into a minor league development program for organization and they're an independent ball, and then they're double A and then triple A and then they become a major league baseball player. That's it. Right. Yeah. But then when you get there, what's next? Yeah. And so this group had become so resigned because they had nowhere else to grow into. They Mm -hmm. had nothing else to become. And so my invitation to you is like, this fight I think was one of the best things that ever happened to you, not necessarily because of what it was about in terms of an outcome, but what you got to see in terms of what you're capable of. Mm
3: -mm.
0: When you commit to something that is beyond the current version of yourself, that to me is what makes human beings feel fulfilled. Is how can I continue to climb the mountain that actually doesn't have a top? It's not about, when people say, I'm going to help you reach your potential, I'm like, you fucking kidding me? My potential is endless. Mm, yeah. Mm. You don't want to reach
2: that. How are you ever going to reach <laughs> it? Like
0: you you can't. Like what well, so yeah. great. You you say so you win the fight. Now what? Like, okay, great. Learn to play the violin. Do you know how to play the violin? Do you speak Chinese? Then there's more potential. I to want to f- do both of those things. Yeah. it's funny. Those Can you play the violin in Chinese?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, whoa! There. I'm I'm I, was,
1: I, I I want to learn Mandarin so bad, and I and I want to learn the violin so bad too. It's, anyways, that's just something I want to do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think
3: in in terms of athletes, the one that like really resonates with what you're saying is Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, I, he, the dude well, wins he? Yeah, but six how? Super Bowls. And then I see him post on Instagram and he, he like throws past 50 yards and he's like, man, that, that, uh, that was two yards short. So I got to keep working. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's insane. The dude has, Six Super Bowls, and he's talking about a pass that he needs to he needs to keep working on. That's a
1: special dude, right there. I mean,
3: that's yes. like that, but that's proof. Like, if you're going to look at the best, like mm-hmm. that's the mentality. The mentality of like he's not playing to win a Super Bowl, or else he would be gone. He'd be retired yeah. four Super Bowls yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: commitment to excellence, you know. And I think that is the gift and the opportunity that it is to be human. Mm-hmm. It's to not sit and like rest on our laurels, or just even. You know, just think that where we're at is adequate and you can do that. That's totally fine, you know, but it's not going to necessarily be a fulfilling life. But yeah. to recognize the gift that it is to be human, to touch other people's lives, to access what we have available to us that is is extraordinary and we don't know how long it's going to last, that to me is a life worth living.
1: Mm. How do we... Maybe we can end on this note sure. before we go to the audio only, but... um how do we block out the noise of social media? Because I don't, th- I don't think it's helping. I don't think, I don't think yeah. this like group think
0: of negativity is is bettering anyone. No. I mean, there's external stimulus, right? Like, so if someone would come up to me and say, usually I've been blessed with like compliments, like, oh dude, this, you've made a big difference. And so we want to listen to the good. But if you can't discern between that and someone says, you know what? I'm not sure that what you're saying is true or I think you're full of shit. Like to be able to listen to both, first of all, is what we've got to work on, right? So whether it's social media, whether it's a, a overly controlling boss or a very negative spouse, being able to learn to listen And not take things personally is the first thing to look at because otherwise you come up with a strategy. Oh, I'm going to drop my Instagram or I'm not going to pay attention. You haven't actually dealt with anything because it's still there. Mm. So it's, you know, one of the expressions I use is I say, can I be with this? Now, it might be a weird term, but it's like, can I be with whatever the situation is? If somebody has an opinion about me that maybe doesn't seem subjectively flattering, can I let them have that opinion and not be upset? So that, to me, is the opportunity for a human being to get to a place where you're okay with what is. doesn't mean you want to hang out in that situation, but I'm not going to be affected about it. But social media, it is, it's, it's almost like it's designed specifically for ego. Because if you look at the nature of what it is, it's like, I want to be liked which is the little kid inside of us who doesn't feel worth, doesn't feel love, doesn't feel enough. So hopefully if a thousand, 10,000, a million people like me, then I'll feel better about myself, which of course will never actually happen. This is why, you know, actors who paid millions of dollars have millions of fans will still end up in rehab because they haven't reconciled that within themselves. Mm. So that's social media, any kind of media, whatever it is, if we don't find the ability to be at peace and still with whatever's going on around us it doesn't really matter the world is the nature that it is which is driven by people who are going to be coming from fear and manipulation and domination so to find respite to find peace to find stillness within yourself is that's that's where it at that's that's the game to win mm-hmm. not about trying to s- control external stimulus yeah because that's exhausting you know I, I said that's like driving around uh, arizona in the middle of the summer it's 120 degrees out and you crank the air conditioning in your car, but you're rolling down the windows because you think, for me to feel comfortable, I have to make Arizona cool. Mm, mm. The thing about that metaphor, that's what people are doing. I have to control everything around me, but for, for me to be okay, that's exhausting. Mm. But you roll up the windows metaphorically of your life, like you just focus on yeah, what works for that. you. And, and don't try and manipulate circumstance. Don't try and get everyone to like you. I mean, people yeah. are going to think whatever they think. And hopefully it's nice. And if it's not, that's a reflection on them, not you. Mm you know, and that to me is a much more manageable and peaceful life to live. I feel like with social media, it's like,
3: cause I, I deleted my Instagram and now I, I like, I have a healthier relationship now. Every time I step away from it, it's like I deleted it. Now I'm back using it. And what I, what I view social media as is it's a tool. It's like a weapon, honestly. Mm-hmm. And if you just hand a weapon, hand a, a sword to a, a kid, they're going to hurt people with it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know how to use it, but you have the power, like you're saying, you can roll up the windows, you can wield this weapon however you want. You can you can do really good things with it. I think social media in itself is not bad. It's just, it's like an enhanced, you know, stimuli, it's a, an enhanced reality where we see regularly how people are, you know, interacting, how they're communicating, what they're saying, what they're doing, unlike ever before. We've never had this kind of connectivity. There's like 5.6 billion Google searches per day, I think.
0: It's insane. I think it's also the question, why? You know, What is the intention? Why are you going onto something? What are you looking for? And just to be self-aware of that, if you're looking for some form of, like you said, inspiration, like I love Mm -hmm. following some of these mobility guys who do parkour and they do crazy stuff. I mean, it's just inspiring. But if you're going on there because it's a friend of yours or someone that you knew who has a bigger following than you, what you're actually doing is reinforcing the fact that you're somehow less than. That's not a powerful intention, you know? Yeah, definitely not. So, it's, again, being aware of why are you doing anything? What's the underlying agenda in all of your behaviors? Mm. And that takes a minute. That takes a human being who's willing to just stop and go, okay, why am I actually doing this? What am I hoping to accomplish here? And usually, for the most part, people, are what they're trying to accomplish is they want to be right about their own belief of inadequacy. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, super inspiring. Mm. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I like the I like your analogy. Roll up the windows on your life. Yeah, that's yes, cool. My, yeah. Mike would would like that too. Mm-hmm. And that's not if he was, with his, us he, well, if he was with, go yeah go. go <laughs> well, bless he, he just said before like <laughs> he just said before one of the things. Uh, how do I? How did he put it? One of the things instead of trying to chase the positive things in his life, he'll cut out the things that he knows are negative, negative. Mm-hmm. and he'll make his his box he'll be in his car with his air conditioning and focus on him
0: and the things around him that he knows he's in control of instead of trying
1: to make everything happen that he can't. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that's an exhausting way to live and unfortunately how most people are designed, condition, program to live, which is we're under the impression that my circumstances are the source of how I feel. Right. Like well, I feel good because something out there happened. Well then it's logical then that I'm gonna try and manipulate everything around me to be good so that I feel good. Mm. But what if I could actually access a state of being and how I feel that's independent of my circumstances. Mm. I, I think it comes back to
3: to what you were saying too with vulnerability mm-hmm. and you know, this platform, for example, the podcast is a space to be vulnerable. It's a space to put yourself out there. And I feel like that rewards us so much more than just trying to put this persona out of like, look at us, like how perfect we are. And yeah. I think more people are doing that, but also like you're seeing it. Everybody's trying to be perfect still. Bruh, I, I, I
1: cannot believe it. And again, this podcast has made me realize that it's this podcast has, has made me so comfortable with myself. And when anyone says anything negative, or the occasional Twitter person wants to speak out, I'm like, yo, yo like this is me. This is all I got. Like right. either either hop on board, or or like, please, like I'll ignore you and do my thing. Yeah. And then by the way, if you, I I firmly believe this. If you're a person who like lives with that negative energy and carries it, like that, mm-hmm. that is that is on you. Exactly. Ah, man, I feel I feel empathy for you because that is not easy living in a world where you have to criticize others so you can feel better about yourself. That sucks. And for that, I
0: empathize with you. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, again, I love quotes. It's how, you know, I write in my upcoming book, I use quotes and I say, making another person wrong is the poor man's version of self-worth. Damn. Right. Think about
3: (laughs) that. Next time you guys are writing comments about my (laughs) hairline.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but 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 think about like you know I love I love the word vulnerability right and it gets thrown around a lot but but I I, I got want, no problem with being roasted I, <laughs> I, I, I'm chill with it like <laughs> I don't care I um I, I'd love to sort of just give a different spin on vulnerability and again I think this is where one of you know your qualities you could say it's vulnerability but again the quote I use is to say as long as you're being as long as you're okay being vulnerable you're no longer vulnerable. Now, if you really let that set in, think about the person who doesn't want to show some weakness. They are vulnerable because they could be found out. But if you're saying, hey, this is me, I'm imperfect, and I did this and I screwed up that, where's your vulnerability? Because you're actually being fully self-expressed. You're transparent. Mm. So for that reason, if you really can help, this this hopefully will help the audience a lot. Vulnerability to me is like a superpower. Because what you're actually saying is in being vulnerable. I'm sufficiently comfortable with myself, which is an expression of self-love, that I can show my imperfections. I can show my weakness. And that's why, to me, if you can step into vulnerability, what you're saying is, I embrace me. Whether you do or don't, that doesn't matter because I got to speak about something that I've been hiding, that I was self-conscious of, that I was maybe even secure about, but I've stepped into a bigger version of myself such that I can even share it with you because I'm okay with it, whether you are or not.
3: Yeah. Mike that, would love that. That's like, that's what he stands behind. He always yeah. says that he's like, I forget what specifically he says, but like, that's the new wave. Like just being
0: you, being yeah. authentic, yep. being real. Yep, 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 yep. And understanding that you is always evolving, right? So, yeah. you know, we're, we're constantly, hopefully in this process of improving and uh, evolving yeah. as human beings. So yeah. it's where I'm at right now is, Hey, I'm scared of X. Whatever it is, like I, I struggled maybe to go up to somebody and ask for their number. Maybe mm-hmm. a guy struggles with that with girls. Okay, but if he could speak about that, that's pa- more powerful than the guy that actually has the same feeling but pretends he's all cool about it. Yep. Mm. Do you mm. see the difference? So mm. it's, it's subtle, right? But it's important to recognize because if you see that, wow, your ability to express all of your concerns, your fears, and again, we touched on it with the fight. There was an opportunity for more vulnerability, mm. which have actually made you more powerful, mm-hmm. is the opposite of where people are trying to have this pretense where like, no, I'm cool with it. It's like, well, you're not, and now you're vulnerable. Yep. <sighs> Very cool. Different, right? Yep, major. Major difference. (sighs) Major tone. A little bit to digest. Logan's
3: in outer space now. Yeah, Yeah, this
1: is one of those podcasts I gotta I gotta go back and and watch it. Like I I rewatched some of ours so I can like really download. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a juicy one yeah yeah i agree i
0: hope you guys learned something no it's Um, it's it's so fun i love talking about this all day we could probably talk for many more hours on topics that people struggle with but hopefully if if there's one thing people take away there's nothing wrong with them there's nothing wrong with life i'm not saying that it's perfect and i'm not condoning behavior but if you can at least stop fighting life the way it is and be committed to what you want versus Mm. what you don't want that would be a completely different way of behaving in the planet. Mm, yeah.
3: My my last note too, if you're watching this and you're struggling with, you know, like your passion or, or finding what you love, come back to this and rewatch it and don't overthink that process, right? Like we're mm-hmm. that's natural. It's completely okay. I think all of us here go through that still in some, in some manner. So, you know, the, these are tools, these podcasts are tools for you to actually come back, rewatch them and learn something. And I nice. think it's it's powerful, man. Facts.
0: Every, every uh, again, another quote, I say everyone's a masterpiece and yet a work in progress at the same time. Truth. Yep.
3: So... Yeah, look at Logan just holding a vibrator in
0: his hand. I mean, uh, he's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> he's raised his vibration. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I'm doing. Consciousness <laughs> so, is evolving right in front of him. I'm not sure that is one way to raise vibration, but hey. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it works. Let's a not knock a shot. it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the expert yeah. gave it to me. So yeah.
0: that episode's going to be fun. But yo, Peter, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy to be with you fellas. And hopefully, as I said, people get something from this. Of course. Uh, what's your Instagram? They want to uh, follow you. Peter Crone Official. Cool. And then wh- what's uh, this book? you have coming out Um, I'm not sure when it's coming out it'll be my first so but if you go to my website petercrone.com, and then you can enter your email and we'll let you know when it comes out very cool yeah.
1: thank you guys for listening to Impulsive the number one podcast in the world we're gonna do a quick audio only version right now on Spotify and iTunes with Peter so stay tuned if you wanna hear with your ears (laughs) that subscribe button we love you we'll see you next time take it easy peace All right. here we are um, yo, are people are people ripping off your practice and your work on Instagram? It yeah,
0: a little bit. <laughs> it, well, it's I mean, it's going to happen.
1: It, yeah, it, and a lot of the times I feel like I can see through the people, but how can you how can one uh get out of the muddy water if they're being scammed by someone who says they're like a health and wellness expert,
0: mind architect p- person? I mean, there's nothing I can do really to police that. Like, you know, that would have been one of my old fears, right? As a human being, it's like, oh, I know I've got all of this incredible content and these beautiful distinctions and insights. As soon as I share them, like today, I don't know, I probably put out five, six quotes that really are from my book, but who knows which cat's going to put that in their own little pretty picture and put it on their Instagram like it's their own. For sure. Like, what am I going to do? Worry about that? I'm good. You know, for me, my greatest quality is trust. Mm. I tell, you know, I tell people I'm a trust fund baby. As you know, my parents passed, and we didn't have money, right, so I wasn't left a penny, but I trust in the universe, yeah, so yeah. so I'm just gonna through good faith, call it naivety or not, trust that the life will do the right thing, and the people who they are really inspired by someone, they will give the proper attribution, they will use my name as a quote if that's something they're inspired by, and if they don't, to your point earlier, that's on them they're the ones that are struggling
3: i've had I've had several people that were mentor figures that I found out were not living the way they were. They were preaching. And I yeah. think that's a big thing too, is if you're studying from someone, like if you're trying to learn how to make money from a person who doesn't know how to make money or who doesn't have money, or who's broke, <laughs> or who's broke, then stop listening to them. Yeah, like facts. you got to go to people that have what you want.
1: Facts. Yeah. To, yeah. to completely, um, ask a different question that sure. is off the
0: cuff. Yeah. What do you think happens when humans die? Ooh. That's a great question, and we get into the esoterics. I mean, you know, it depends. You either get cremated or buried, usually. <laughs> or, or, or if you're dying by yourself, you're probably just left and eaten by a yeah. wild animal. Or just obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. We get like two to the most powerful three words that I discover of myself. I don't know. Uh. Right. And so I could get like, you know, wax poetic about it and go oh we go into this other dimension i'm much more interested in what happens here mm. you know like again i say you know, people talk about heaven and i'm like listen why don't you create heaven now as opposed to this idealized future that you're mm. striving for I'm, i'm like again a quote i say as long as you think heaven is something you're going to in your future chances are you're living in hell now
2: <laughs> i love that so Whoa. i'm like so <laughs> i'm Wait, gonna live in that, say that one more time as long as <laughs> I'm you put th- this in my bio <laughs>
1: <laughs> is,
0: is it, are you one of
1: these guys ripping
0: off my work <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but
3: just call someone like ridiculous huh?
0: yeah yeah so as long as you think that heaven is a place you go to when you die chances are you're living in hell boom peter crone (laughs) c-r-o-n-e that's awesome yeah so again it speaks to the idea that you think your life is in the future which means that you're suffering now And so, for me, that's why, again, that question, it's profound. It's fun to talk about over, like, you know, smalls at a fireplace. But really, I'm much more interested in waking people up to the opportunity that it is to be human now and have a freaking extraordinary life versus thinking it's going to happen sometime in the future.
3: Yeah. Take your power back. Like, there's billions of people that are just giving their power up to so many outside factors. One day when. One day when.
0: Yeah. Right? and that's And that's how people live their lives. So. I'm not sure that doesn't really answer your question, but it gives you some powerful oh, yeah. impact about like let's live now because we're here now.
3: I I got a I got a much different question. Um, why are there so many asses on Instagram nowadays? Are you talking <laughs> figuratively
0: or literally, like gluteus maximus?
3: Uh, I think a little Buts? bit of both. Like yeah, butts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like
0: why why are why are women showing so much <laughs> well, what so did, much what, booty nowadays? Spencer, tell us what did we learn from the previous podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Lesson number one: yeah. sex, What a, sex sells, dude. Yeah, yeah, what are most human beings looking for? That's true. Nice. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so what what would those young ladies, God bless yeah. them, in their tiny g strings be looking for? What are they actually looking for?
1: Hmm. Some
3: validation love, bro yeah, validation. validation yeah validation so again it's just, exactly
0: yeah. it's literally in the 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 actual platform is like me right so mm-hmm. to me you know I was, I, obviously i've seen plenty of that out there and i'm like what are you what what are you actually doing here like what what like this picture of you like you know and it's got a beautiful filter and you're in some infinity pool yeah, and like yeah. in Greece you yep. know yeah. it's like with Beautiful the white point, yeah. wall. white walls in Mykonos oh, yeah. yeah and then it's yeah. like a subtly see-through top like like what what's the intention of that post right I'll like, tell uh, you I have a theory <laughs> well, I do too I want to hear okay. yours first
1: my okay so these girls they have to choose between becoming like a barista or <laughs> showing your butt on social media and making a pretty awesome <laughs> life for yeah. yourself yeah and for that like I can't be mad. You, I mean you're, you're playing you're playing the game just like all game. of us you're playing the game absolutely I it. Yeah.
0: everybody's trying to survive like yeah, I said yeah, and hey, there's yeah. different means to doing that yeah. you know what I would love you know again as somebody who's committed to people's freedom and to their real joy and peace of mind is by all means go ahead and show what a beautiful physique you have and the curvature of your like your glutes is amazing against the sun drop the background you know whatever it is like this is just gorgeous yes. and I hope I hope that you have a sense of self worth that is not dependent on those ten thousand likes. Then it's Ooh, like, yeah. you know, then then it's a win-win. I think I some think, some do, some don't. Yeah. yeah you you gotta look at don't.
3: the ass to real life ratio on their profile feed. <laughs> and <laughs> if there's too much ass and less real life, you got a problem. Yeah, I right?
1: I I I love the I love the women who mainly post about their real life. And yeah, then there's, occasionally there's a physique pick.
3: Yeah. yeah. That, I, I'll, I'll respect that. Here's my theory. So we talk about the apocalypse all the time, right? And we have Instagram is removing likes. What I think is going to happen is the ass apocalypse. Oh I think God. when you take away all the likes, the true apocalypse is going to happen from the people who are making their living off of people liking their butt? Wow.
0: Apocalypse. Let's 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 think sort about that. Integrate wow. both halves of the uh, species here. There's also guys who you know every shot it's like you know men's health magazine. Every shot is like a dude's abs, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah, This yeah. is not just limited to women. This is humans who are basically saying like me, love me, you know, yeah. which is like that little kid who wants to feel held, who wants to feel like a sense of belonging. It's okay. None of it's wrong. But as I said, it's going to probably lead to a great sense of disappointment or so in uh, dis- even extremes depression, right? Where somebody's like, I'm, I'm getting a million likes, but somehow I still don't feel content in my yeah. own skin. Yeah. That, that, so for the men, it'll be called the ab apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apocalypse.
1: Apocalypse <laughs> and apocalypse.
0: The, uh, yeah. The uh, sausage hammock ap- ap- apocalypse.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the sausage. No, the I'm not sausage. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: all right. Thanks again, Peter. We got to go on a gang run. It's like a, gang bang but we're just gonna be
0: running down the street movement yeah. <laughs> movement yeah. Yeah, sweating yeah, exactly that's, yeah. that's- yeah another word for it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming dude, on again man dude a pleasure to be here it's fun being with you guys again hopefully uh and next time you fight dude like you gotta have me in your camp i absolutely agree because i'm agree. gonna be the first to say hey dude you know you could lose and you're yeah, like fuck but, you who's got this guy in my hey, I'm and like, by the way i will i will i'll be like i'll be like
1: nah bro you see how hard i'm working
0: you see my jab you see? Yeah. <laughs> hey you know like something like andre showed me around the property and we went in the gym and there's something that I actually i wanted to share which you may or may not get something from I love all the quotes mm-hmm. that you have up on the wall but the one distinction I'd ask you to consider changing is every one of them starts I will I know you've you, you say, you, been saying this you, for a long time, time man, yeah, I am but, is that, a much more powerful that's what we're statement for. because yeah, you're yeah. collapsing time versus something God damn it. God <laughs> <life>. <laughs> Fuck. The son of a monkeys. Yeah. I got to so. go we the cross them all. Yeah, we could play overall, overall red mark. Yeah, no, but it's subtle, right? Yeah. Because that can also breed complacency because if you say I am that already, like I am the greatest or I am a champion, then it could be like, oh, well, there's nothing to do. But it's really like embodying that and then behaving like it versus mm. thinking you're not that and I'm becoming that. That's always putting it out in the future. Yeah.
1: I think it was like that because when I was in high school, my my mom told me about the idea of manifestation and she just iterated that it was like i will yeah and then and then and that the list of quotes was from a paper i i wrote on when i was 15 yeah um about all the things that i would do but i i realized this like i've done a lot of the things that i said i was going to do so yeah i think living in the idea of like that that champion like i'm already here yeah and now i need to act like it with all, everything I do in my life.
0: I Yeah, and, and it's subtle and I love that you did it and I wish more people had that sort of, you know, either a mother to inspire that, to get them to have something they're committed to, yeah. but there comes a time where you want to embody it. One of my clients, she's a show jumper. And uh, when we started working together, she was like 25th or something in the U.S. And uh, then within a year, she climbed so high that she made the U.S. team for what's called the World Equestrian Games. I'm I'm sure all of your listeners follow it. (laughs) Danny, my huge fan. Yeah. So so anyway, there's only only four that get picked. So suffice to say, when she was 25th, there's no way she was going to make the team. Hmm. She made the team. The the U.S. went on to win gold out of forty eight nations. It was wow. sick. Out of thirty, uh, they hadn't won for thirty two years, right? So it was a big deal. Anyway, this is a prelude, prelude hopefully, to her making the Olympics in Tokyo, twenty twenty. It's a big deal, and I got in her face, which is a bit of my style sometimes, you know, telling her that the reason she hadn't been having results subsequent was that she's just been sloppy. I said, "You you're telling me you want to go to the Olympics, but you're not at all acting like an Olympic athlete." Mm. So that was the I am for her. Now she started embody. She won three weekends in a row after that conversation because she was choosing the way she went to sleep, the fact she meditated, the food she ate, be like an Olympian. And for me, I, I, I was inspired by my own conversation. I said, like, consider it Olympic living. What does that look like? Mm. So you're embodying it now versus oh, I'm hoping to get to some sort of outcome in the future. No, no. I'm being that person now. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Cool. Olympic living, everyone. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, thank you guys for listening to this episode
1: of Impulsive. That's good. Again, I hope you learned something. Go over your notes if you wrote them down. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>